everyone. Welcome to Comedy Girl Crush Podcast. I'm Katie Dolson. I'm Nikki Urban, and our guest today is stand-up comedian Allie Lou. She's a former marketing executive at Fox and a current barista. She's part of the Nightcap with Stacey Roommaker, which is at the Virgil in Los Angeles. Next show is November 23rd, and she's an amazing stand-up comedian. We are so happy to have you here. How's it going? It's going. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks for being here. Of course. I'm really excited. This is like a legit setup, guys. This is not an iPhone (laughs) voice memo (laughs) share to SoundCloud situation we've got going on. Uh, Once again, thank you to Katie and our sound producer, Lauren. Lauren. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Lauren. So it's awesome having you here. I feel like you are sort of like this rising star in comedy, like a shooting star. Uh, I feel like you've only been doing this for how long i started three years ago and then i've been active too did you have like prior experience in doing any kind of comedy stuff uh no just like surviving my family but uh (laughs) i've been a like a classically trained singer since i was four so i have like performance experience but not much creating experience like for me comedy is the first thing that i've ever done that's like all me. It's not. It's no one else's words. It's no one else's music. It's no one else's story. It's like the first thing I've ever had real ownership of. Yeah. And it all started um, because the guy that I was seeing, I found out was taking things that I would say in our conversation and using it as material. Oh. Yeah. And, and he, so you were dating a comedian. Yeah, I was dating a comedian, but, but it was one of those really like casual things. Like it wasn't yeah. anything serious, but I was like, oh shit, if you can do that with my words, what can I do? Oh my God. Yeah. With my words. <laughs> and I literally Googled how to write a joke. Oh, no um, way. And then. What did it turn up? Like like a lot of things that I had to pay for to find out, you know. And I was just like, "Eh." books. Nah. So then I just I did a bunch of drugs and I went through a deep dive on my own Facebook, and I found out that I actually speak in jokes, like Like status updates. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So like going into my Facebook, I discovered like just like a receipt of jokes I had already written that I didn't know were jokes. That's awesome. So it's very like ingrained in you already. That's sort of like, this is just the way you think. Yeah. That's awesome. So yeah. what were you doing? Like, what were you doing? You said you had, you were, you're classically trained. Mm-hmm. And as, as I recall, you are a former marketing manager at Fox. Yeah. So yes. um, I grew up, I was born and raised in Anchorage, Alaska. And I was in local TV in Anchorage. And the VP of Fox Marketing had come on a station visit and saw me in a full beard and lederhosen because I was playing Dr. Scott in the Rocky Horror Picture Show. And I guess that left an impression because (laughs) when a position opened up in L.A. at the Fox Broadcasting Company, like the Fox lot, he was like, you should apply for this. And I was a traffic coordinator. Like I was, yeah, I was just taking commercials in your broadcast day and filling the time tricky thing is with Fox, it's only two hours of prime time that you're that you have to promote in a 24 hour broadcast day. A station like NBC or like ABC, CBS, they have early morning, they have morning shows, then they have daytime like soaps, original content, then some syndicated programming into news, national news, and then late night right. where you're making oh. all this money. Fox is two hours of a 24-hour broadcast day Oof. that's usually dedicated to syndicated and local programming. So it's like taking things like uh, the housing crisis, right? And tying it into a promo for New Girl because you need roommates. And then that makes it on. What? Yeah, like that's Whoa. just how my brain works. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay, so that makes sense. 
Uh, my eyes were starting to glaze yeah. over because I'm like, this is a lot. Oh, yeah. wow. Okay. That Okay, so that makes sense. So you're very good at like making these connections between, between themes and ideas yeah. and being able to like organize your thoughts or a schedule in a way that like makes yeah. sense with those themes. That's awesome. TV viewer. I always say that TV viewers make the best TV makers. Oh, yeah. yeah you know, you can, can you can tell when people who make TV don't watch TV. So you watch TV. Oh, my God. It is it is my drug of choice. Uh, sure. Is that since you were a kid? Yeah. 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 Uh, being bilingual had a lot to do with that, too. It's like lear- having to learn English. That's how I learned. And then like singing Disney songs and then but like not speaking English. Oh, yeah. yeah. You spent two years in the Philippines, right? Yeah, I will. No, I my father passed away in uh, when I was three in 1991. So the timeline is crazy. I was born in 1987. Then my mom had my twin sisters in 1990. In 1991, he killed himself on April Fool's Day. I know. It's, <laughs> it's madness. It's madness. So for us, it's like, say the thing or the thing kills you. Yeah. And that informs so much of how I view the world where it's like, well, you're going to just cry all day if you can't figure out what's okay about the situation you're in right now yeah, or not yeah. okay. And then talk about it and explore it. Yeah. It's like survival comedy. almost. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think comedy is definitely a, a mechanism for survival yeah. for a lot of us. For right? sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> like how else yeah. I would, I would not be here. Wow. There's a lot. There's a lot to unpack. It's, yeah. it's, it's really hard to contextualize myself, especially, you know, out here where a lot of people are kind of following suit and doing like what what people want right now. People want quirky girl in overalls playing the ukulele improviser. Oh, right. And it's like, that's not me. That, that will <laughs> never be me. I am not in touch enough with what is trending right now. I'm a little bit more focused on the bigger questions, like why is everyone's anxiety cuter than mine? It's like that. <laughs> How do you get that cute kind of You know of what anxiety? I mean? It's like, oh, it's not crying in the shower with your shoes on. I don't, can't relate. Can't relate to your trending anxiety. <laughs> well, your anxiety is probably more timeless. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't yes. The trends. Yeah. And a little bit more like diagnosed. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I, I came out here and then that job was taken away from me oh really because it was coming around that time where the streaming revolution really started to take off yeah people had just seen that putting breaking bad on netflix for three seasons ensured astronomical numbers for live viewership in season four so it's like that was ready to take off and my job in affiliate marketing which is to incentivize small markets around the u.s to get stoked on fox programming obsolete yeah completely obsolete so 10 months into a like a three-year thing they were like you don't have a job anymore oh no yeah well (laughs) i I guess with the disney merger it probably would have happened eventually exactly yeah Yeah, all the vps who had my back who were like who literally came up to me when i was in alaska and it was like spend three to five years in affiliate marketing and then you'll have a a position in development gone oh my god bought the fuck out it's crazy. I feel like we're going through, uh, like, you know, Hollywood had the studio system and then it got broken up by unions yeah. and actors being like, 
fuck that yeah. we're not gonna just like go with whatever the and now we're kind of back at this place where it's like the same five people <laughs> are making all the fucking movies everybody Every, sees yeah. and yeah. that's crazy that's yeah. insanity it's nuts and also netflix give me a job right <laughs> <laughs> well, disney plus hire me exactly exactly so it's kind of been this thing of like i, I had this really big attitude when I moved out here of like I was invited to the party everyone out here trying to make their way like Mm. go back to your town because there's too many of us and I was invited and then they were like can you leave the party (laughs) and I was like "Mm, I am not ready no I gotta no I can't go back home I burned all my winter coats (laughs) all of them in like the most dramatic way like I'm not wait did you really burn them oh did you like literally burned them and then my mom was like well you're coming home for thanksgiving and i was like ah <laughs> i don't know what to do about that anymore I better buy a coat yeah like i literally have to go to the mall and like buy a coat <laughs> oh, that's and then all your bridges too right yep all of them all of them just yeah. because you know living in alaska i was like what what are you what am i gonna do here you know and everyone said no to me everyone's even when i was singing and singing well it was like well you sound a certain way but you don't look a certain way so you're gonna sing from backstage and i'm just like oh i'm so grateful to have the opportunity to sing these songs and you don't realize how fucked up that is until someone is like no there's another way and then you're like fuck everyone Yeah. yeah and then this huge life karma karmic wave hits you and you're like all right humble yourself Mm-hmm. yeah humble yourself and then i found comedy and it's been a lifesaver so you're an ex-executive yeah. working in comedy what's the what's your new lifestyle like what's that change been like well i mean i had to take a survival job first and foremost which i don't think anyone is above i think lift drivers and servers and mm-hmm. you know people who work for handy and people who are out there hustling and doing what they need to do I have all the respect in the world for them, especially mm-hmm. if you're a, a woman. I know mothers who are doing the side work, you know, to just have the chance to be creative. Yeah. yeah. I found that in Fratelli Cafe, which is the cafe that I work at. The owners are super incredible. The American dream from fucking Israel came here and like made their mark on Melrose for 10 years as like one of the best brunch spots in LA. He really identified this like higher calling that I had and was like, work here for five hours a day, check in and out, and then go home and be creative. Like, what the hell? You know what I mean? Like, what? You don't meet people who get that and who have such a strong work ethic and you own this spot and you're friends with fucking, like, Leah Remini and J-Lo and he will wash dishes at his own establishment. I think that's, like, a good thing to remember just in general in life. If you want to be a whole, complete person, wash dishes wash dishes wash Don't dishes get yeah. in there and wash the dishes yeah. whatever that means to you get in there and also wash the dishes yeah um and then just open micing yourself into oblivion you know like i remember the f- the first joke that i had was uh i was self-conscious about lipstick i was wearing because i just i was so not okay or could not understand the concept of just existing and not apologizing for it or not having to explain why I'm in this situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you can just be turns out. Mm-hmm. And so if I did something so small and innocuous as wearing a bold lip 
to feel like you have to have like an explanation for why you decided to be so bold. Yes. You know, it's like, yeah, I'm wearing this lipstick to cover up my herpes. Just kidding. I don't have herpes. I cut myself shaving, uh, (laughs) but I still used a pink razor. So it's very ladylike. (laughs) Like it was just like this mess of a joke that was rooted in insecurity and apologizing and then just being met with silence at my first open mic to be like, well, I never want to feel like that again. Yeah. And then just write, 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 work, go up, go up, go up until you get the joke out of it. So that was your first open mic that where you told that joke? Yeah. And did you do you still tell a version of that joke or have you dropped it completely? I, I completely dropped it. I completely dropped it. But from that joke... I realized that I had like an addiction to fake eyelashes because oh. then you really start to like dive into the joke. It's like, okay, I'm insecure. What am I insecure about? Okay. I hate that I have such short eyelashes because that's a real thing that women are self-conscious about. And we do psychotic things like glue fake hair onto our eyelids yeah, so that we look like fuckable Bambi. And then that fuckable Bambi to me was so funny. Oh, man. That uh, that turned into, you know, I have an addiction to fake eyelashes. When I put them on, I turn into my spirit animal, a fuckable Bambi. <laughs> and when I remove them, I feel like in my actual spirit animal, Winnie the Pooh. Mm. <laughs> I feel like fuckable Bambi would be a name of a girl, like, good, like, alt-rock, like, girl band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuckable yeah. Bambi. Fuckable Bambi, mm-hmm. yeah. And then yeah. just really lean in and do, like, outrageous yes! eyelashes. Yes, yeah. All your, like, little horns. Like, ears. Yeah, I love yeah. little ants. It's just a Snapchat filter. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Essentially, we're all oh, just right. yeah, fuckable we teddy bears and fuckable stuff. cats. And <laughs> <laughs> But it's, like, it's funny to me that the it's, like, oh, it's not vain because it's, it's an animal. So right. it's funny. So it's funny. It's not vain that I'm, like, make, giving myself <laughs> all eyes it's because it's it's an animal then um yeah and then just that feeling of making someone who has no obligation to make you feel good about yourself making that person laugh i just chase that high yeah oh interesting yeah so you see like the audience is not being obligated to laugh yeah i have to work for it Nice. I have to res, and that stems from like my mother, who like I'm. I sing opera, and when I would practice, she would read a book and not look up unless she was moved. So she was like, "I got through the classics most of your seventh grade year, until you really found your voice." <laughs> oh whoa! Wait, so whoa. that was like a training technique. Yeah. Like she was like, "I am not going to look up from my book yeah. unless you move me." Because my mom, like she, she is got perfect pitch and can't sing mm-hmm. she just always knows and it's not it's not just music it's comedy it's drama it's she's just so good at knowing what is good and yeah. what is art mm-hmm. without any of that pretense yeah you know what i mean so she's just like a, so when you when you hit that strike that chord with her and she looks up you're like all right i got her yeah do you feel like you're motivated by having to prove yourself I think I'm motivated by getting an honest response out of people. Because that's my mother. If anyone is supposed to be like, that's amazing, great job. Like you would think that's going to come from your mom. But she's like, no, I'm just like everyone else. Because not everyone is your mother. So I'm going to prepare you. For the way the the rest of the world is going to react to you. Which is not sort of coddle you or treat you like you're... Yeah, Yeah, it's it's, it's a double-edged sword, you know? Like, it really made me have thick skin 
But then I am very heavy-handed with the way that I deal with people. That's why I love stand-up because it is a very solitary. Right. You know, it's a, yeah. you know. But that like, makes sense. And stand-ups are pretty hard on each other, yeah. I feel like. Yeah, you know and they mean? can like, take they, it. And, like, they're they're the epitome of, like, I am not going to react. Like, when you do an open mic, it's the epitome of, I will not react to you unless yeah. you move me. Like, you better mm. make me laugh. Yeah. Because I'm not going to just, like, give you a courtesy laugh at this open mic. Exactly. <laughs> that doesn't happen. And it, And that kind of mentality also really helps me, like, know who my friends are. Like, who are my friends and who are my, like, contemporaries and my colleagues and who's in the ring with me and who I don't like everyone I admire oh interesting you know I don't I wouldn't have them be my best friend they're not my first call and my last call of the night but it's like I want to make you laugh because I think you're very good at what you do so you've been like hardcore about this for two years yeah yeah and I saw you like just a few months ago and it was like the first time I had ever seen you do stand-up i seen you do other things and I've seen your writing and seen you sing and uh, do musical comedy and you did a show that Mike Glazer was hosting at the Pack Theater and it was so funny you were so quick like your jokes are very quick and I like that you don't take a moment even for the audience to catch up you're just like we're going on a ride you better (laughs) fucking hop in I am not stopping. <laughs> we are not turning this car around. And it's funny, like, I'd see you and then I'd see somebody else who's more languished with their stand-up. They're taking their time. They're, their stories, like, stopping at a couple of, like, gas stations along the way, <laughs> picking up some snacks, and you're just like, shoom. And I fucking love it. I was so impressed. And I feel like that's just showing more and more with other people. And you recently got to do Mike Glazer's show show, the one he hosts on the regular at the Improv. At the Improv, yeah. Mike Glazer, first of all, is one of the most incredible people in the world. He's like, amazing. He's amazing. And so many people know him for different reasons and have been introduced to, to him for different reasons. And uh, Nikki, uh, Nikki's show, the Nikki Urban show was like one of my first writing gigs. Like I got on to her show and the nightcap with Stacey Roommaker and doing both those shows at the same time really just thrust everything into high gear for me because it was high stakes. It's two of the most like beloved people in this world you know what i mean like seriously like the most lauded female comedy voices out there like i was like holy shit i've never done anything i've never written a sketch i've never whatever so like google how to write a sketch google how to write a parody song like figure it out and then just go mike was the first video guest that you had you guys did acid and went to an amusement park was that uh, we didn't do acid. That was like another video that we had done <laughs> where a couple of us, well, just a couple, couple of us of did acid, acid and we all met at a bar at six uh, in the morning when it like opened. Um, <laughs> yeah, like this is the yeah. kind of show. <laughs> Someone uh, with zero writing experience. <laughs> but I did take Mike Glazer to, I took him on, he wanted to experience like a like a perfect I don't know, like a perfect score night where we went like we went to batting cages and mini golfing. We were trying to get like hole in one or like home run, yeah. those sort of things. And he was just great. We were I mean, we were super stoned for that. But yeah. I feel like that's a given. <laughs> yeah, he's like super cannabis friendly. Yeah. Like him and Mary Jane Gibson host Weed and Grub. And that's how I knew him. We did the Alaska Before You Die Festival. 
And my friend from home knew Mary Jane, his co-host, and was like, you should get Allie on your show. And I was their guest on their live podcast. And we all just got along super well. They have been like my godparents. Oh, that's Um, amazing. And without even like really giving me anything, they just, besides the opportunity. You know what I mean? Like when things yeah. opened up. Game recognized game. Dude, he's he's real. You know yeah. what I mean? Like he's going places. He's so great. Oh, and, his, and Mary Jane too. Oh my God. Yeah. She was just on Forbes today yeah, Mary, for being like most intriguing woman person in, in cannabis. cannabis. Oh. Yeah. Yes. Like to, to like watch all this happen in real time, to like watch your friends be unleashed into the world. Like, you know what I mean? It's like by real, like she writes for Rolling Stone. Yeah. They, were, they interviewed David Crosby. Like they are yeah. legit. And they're just really good people. Mike had me on his show Glaze at the Improv, which is a monthly thing. They have like a good mix of like, the lineup is really good. Like uh, Lori Kilmartin was on that lineup, who is a beast. Theo Vaughn, Kyle Kinane. Yeah, and like me, and I was like, one of these things just doesn't belong here. And, <laughs> and you fucking killed it. Yeah, well, I was supposed yeah. to like, I was supposed to be like in the middle before Theo Vaughn went on, and Theo Vaughn was just like, nah, I'm gonna go first. <laughs> and I was like, all right, thanks to my opener, Theo Vaughn. Like, what, the what the hell? And then I just was like, well, Theo Vaughn looks like every guy who's asked to copy my homework. <laughs> And then you just fall into it. And that set was life-changing because after that, an agent came up to me, like you hear about it happening in the movies and was just like, give me a shot if you want to do this forever. And then I was like, okay. And I called him and the next day he was like, yeah, we want to work with you and we're actually going to meet on Thursday. And like it happens. Like you just never know. And people are like, how did you get that? How did you? I'm like, I just treat it like every show that I do. Like, it does not matter if there are a thousand people in the room, if there are two. Those two people drove to see you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, people's time is precious. Like, I don't want to waste time. And it's funny that you mentioned, like, how fast I go and how fast it appears. It's because I don't have any time to waste. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, I have no time to waste. Like, people get to luxuriate in their jokes and get to, like, kind of bask in the time that they have. And I'm just like, I don't know if this is going to be my last time. Like, I don't know when I'm going to get to perform for you guys again. (laughs) (laughs) I got to do all my jokes. Here's here's all my jokes. Like, my five minutes is most people's ten. Yeah. Because I was like, I need to get every seven seconds a punchline. Yes. And if it doesn't land, we're already on to the next one. Don't give them time to think don't about give it. Them, don't give them <laughs> yes. any time. And, and talking to them is important. I don't like to talk at people. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like to talk to your audience has been such a valuable lesson for me because you get the most honest response. Mm-hmm. When you say talk to your audience, are you talking about like crowd work or just sort of like responding to how they respond? Um, more like don't be on autopilot. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like, like I used to be afraid that if I let myself take a little time that I would trip up. But actually, it's been the opposite. Like I've been able to weave more organic interactions with the crowd and then get to the next joke. So that's like an exercise in writing in real time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then remembering and then record everything you do, obviously. Go back and listen to it like a psychopath, but make sure your headphones are plugged in because your Lyft driver will judge you <laughs> so hard. 
That is the mark of like a true pro though. Somebody who records all their sets and listens back to them and like makes notes and is like paying attention to what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm always like, if you go to an open mic, you just see people glazed over waiting for their turn to go up. Mm -hmm. Whereas I like listen very intently to know like, what are people talking about? Avoid talking about this from this point of view. Like Mm -hmm. we all should be learning from each other. Yeah. But that's not always the case. Yeah. So you're moving at a quick trajectory (laughs) and you've got some things on the horizon. Yeah. What have you been working on now that's outside of like stand up? Sure, sure. Um, I know that's not enough for you. (laughs) It's definitely not (laughs) enough because you really want to implement change. Like if you're like me, like I really want, I can't just complain about the same things that everyone is complaining about. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to fix it. So I want to see more women on TV. I'm going to create something that puts more women on TV. If I want to see more brown people, I'm going to create something that puts more brown people. And I do think that true diversity also includes diversity of thought. So I'm going to put people in a room together who are not best friends, but who Mm -hmm. are of the same caliber of talent and make them work together. Mm. Like that is, those are my true goals. If I let that kind of executive mentality take over, Mm-hmm. Um, but the only way to get there is to do the groundwork and build something. So I'm really fortunate to have my partner, Baldev Sandu, who was the complete opposite of that com- comic who would take what I said and then put them on the internet as jokes and one-liners. He was like, you talking jokes, you should do stand-up every day. I'm so pissed that you don't do stand-up every day. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we just happen to be really good work partners as well as romantic partners. We have been developing a, a comedy reality like docu game show. It's called Knock Knock Jokes. Um, it's where five comedians go door to door soliciting material, um, and they have one minute to either get laughs or a door slammed in their face. It's very simple. It's nothing. <laughs> it's nothing groundbreaking, uh, but it is a, a new, fresh way. It's like can be thought of as impractical jokers meets last comic standing at your front door. Very cool. Yeah. Oh, so, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Super simple concept. It's a way to deliver stand-up to audiences. Instead of waiting for an audience to find you, you go out there and find your audience. There's, That's amazing. Yeah. There's like a feel-good aspect to it. It's super mischievous. It's really... So the people's doors you're knocking on, are they in... Do they know it's going to happen? They know that they will be filmed. They just don't know what the context is. And we've contextualized everything by putting like a brick wall, stool, water bottle, mic stand. So it's not like just because I was lost and I we were lost in Yosemite and Baldev went to go ask for directions at someone's house and they would not come to the door. I was going to say, because like how like getting people to their door if they're not expecting someone is very difficult. So like kind of the little TV magic happens where it's like that's what production assistants are for. (laughs) And that's what a legal department is for. Uh, But what the TV audience sees is that you know, prank show element and yeah. that's fun. Oh my gosh. So then they like open the door and I there's never- a brick wall and a stool and a microphone and yeah. a stand-up comedian and they're just like, ah! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's uh, pretty wild. Great. Oh my gosh. And they don't expect any of that. No. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's amazing. <laughs> so uh, we are very fortunate to have gotten offers on that show. That's a good feeling. It's offers. a super good offer. Offers. Uh, on that's, that a, show. that's a multiple offer. Yeah. And it's like, oh, where do I fit in this meeting between my shifts as a barista at Fratelli <laughs> yes. Cafe? Because you can't quit that. Like, 
shit is real yeah. and shit is real hard and you have to balance and i'm still bursting i still have coffee grounds under my fingernails i still have mm-hmm. to put my hair up and wear a work shirt which is the fucking worst you know like if any of you out there are wearing work shirts i pray for the day you get to set that on fire is it because, a polo no thank god oh, there's yeah. just no way there's no way Good. because polos have that arm thing oh that, yeah like, polos are the uh, worst polo work shirts are the worst no, i don't know okay. I, they look good on me so. <laughs> <laughs> i'm pretty good in a polo <laughs> good to know i suck i suck at polos yeah so that's been crazy it's like and then you really have to manage your expectations because like this is information that i'm sharing that's happening in real time so it's like we don't we have not sold a tv show right right you know what i mean like i i have not i have created a show i've co-created a show i have done all the work with my partners to make it credible and desirable it is a product at this point and when you have people who have ignored you hear that there's somebody who wants you, boy, do they come call in quickly. <laughs> we pitched to a company that was like, oh, yeah, yeah. And then had us working around the clock to revise a treatment and to, can you edit the sizzle? No, we can't. We spent all of our money doing it. <laughs> like, yeah. we can't edit it. Can't you take it on good faith to know that, look what we can do if we had resources? Right. No. Oh, you heard so-and-so wants to pick us up? You called me five times today. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. They're not even trying to hide it. They're so transparent about it. Right. Well, because they're, I mean, you know, there's a shamelessness that I think comes along with, like, when you you see interest in something, it's suddenly interesting to you. And Yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's, yeah. uh, it's, it's wild. the way it works. I know that's the way that a lot of stuff here works. I yeah. feel like, yeah. It, you need something, they need something to legitimize it or mm-hmm. to validate it. Nobody like, wants I'm to interest, be the- Yeah, I'm interested in this thing, but I, I don't know. I don't trust myself or I don't trust... Nobody yeah. wants to take the risk, yeah. right? People right. don't want to take risk. That's why we have like a thousand Spider-Man franchises because yeah. people are afraid of sort of like taking risks. Yeah. Chelsea mm. Devantes has that great joke where she talks about how she's over how many Spider- like a million Marvel movies and Spider-Mans, but like Broad City's already been done. What else he got? You know what I mean? Like when she goes to pitch stuff, it's like two women. We've already done that. Like, yeah. What? Uh, she's also been a fucking fairy godmother to me. She saw me do Women Crush Wednesdays with Marcella who is incredible. She runs a dope show Wednesday nights at the improv. And she was just like, keep doing your thing. Like, don't stop. And if you have anything, send it my way and I'll give you help. And I bother her all the time. And she's very gracious, (laughs) has yet to block me. So thank you, Chelsea. But yeah, like we we have not sold a TV show. We're not going to act like we've sold a TV show. This is the first time we're talking about it. Like this today on this podcast, like we decided we would let people know what it's like when someone says okay we we want you this is fresh news because this is tuesday night we are recording the tuesday before the wednesday that the podcast comes out which we don't really do so this is fresh hot news this is yesterday (laughs) (laughs) this is yesterday's news literally (laughs) but that's good that's good because it just happened (laughs) yeah it's wild it's wild and and i really appreciate you guys letting me talk about it because i would have loved to hear this uh, to have heard this yeah you know when i first started to thank know, you for sharing no of course i i'm of course made sure it was okay with my partner to discuss because it's a, a joint effort like a really labor of love he is someone who i said wouldn't it be funny if 
you know, stand-ups went door-to-door and <laughs> told jokes. We can call it knock-knock jokes. And he was like, that's a show. Yep. And yeah, I mean, sometimes I think it takes somebody else seeing it. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. like you, if you have funny thoughts a lot, like you'll feel like, oh, that's like a funny idea. And then you'll just sort of like let it pass. And so, yeah. there's so much to having somebody who's like, no, 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 go with that. That's a yeah. thing. Do that thing. Yeah. yeah. But it's like a beautiful gift to have in a partner. Yeah. And he, but he also makes me do the work. <laughs> he really, and to me, it's like, it's so hard. It's so hard to do anything because I give everything when I do something. So I just, if I can't do it all the way, I don't want to do it at all. Mm. And then I also will avoid things because I don't want to do it all the way. Like I know <laughs> what that's going to be like. And then he was like, but look what's happening. Like we have spent so much time being in shit. And this is what I've discovered is that when you are in shit, flowers can grow from that. Like yeah. that is fertilizer. And there are people who will see that you have been in shit and that you are growing and they'll want to take scissors and cut you and put you on display in a vase. And then when that is done, they will throw you away. But if you found, if someone finds you in the shit and takes the time to get on their knees and dig you out of the shit with your roots intact and move you into another space where you can grow. That's what I want. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, there, there are too many offers to be snipped right now and put in a vase. Yeah. I want my own garden. So you have like a very, it sounds like you, at least going into these discussions, you have like a very clear idea of what you expect from, you know, whoever you move forward with. Right. Which is great. While also acknowledging like, I'm not a showrunner yet. There's no possible way. There is no way that we are running the show. Right. But with the right company who will give us jobs on the show that we created and credit for what we have created that will host like an opportunity for stars to break. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the, this is a sh- an evergreen show yeah. where standups, we call them the tight five. It's five contestants. Like you can re- you can just cycle through comics and break them. And it's it's a way to like promote diversity without hammering it over people's head and making that the focus because i still think joke lines over woke lines forever joke lines over woke lines you heard it here (laughs) well ali do you have any advice to to our listeners to any young girls in anchorage alaska who are think their family drives them crazy and yeah Yeah, just tell the truth tell the truth tell the truth the best stuff comes from what's honest And then you can create a whole world from that honesty that doesn't have to be real or painful or even important. Like it can, you can just be funny and it doesn't have to mean anything more than I'm just a funny person. Like just because you've had tragedy in your life and just because it is the well from which you draw your humor, that's not all you are. You're not just like a trash can of sadness. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Yes. You know, and be nice. Be nice to each other. Yeah. Be nice to each other and don't be afraid to tell the truth. If something sucks, don't say it's good. Good advice. Yeah. Thank you. Well, it's awesome having you on. Thank you so much. Congratulations on all the exciting things that are happening. It's awesome that you're taking the time to appreciate it and not just being like, but also I need this thing. It's awesome. Yeah. Thank you guys. Yeah. It's great to hear that you're in such a good spot right now. And I just have such uh, high hopes for what comes (laughs) next for you. Thank you guys. This is awesome. Thanks. Uh, That's it. (laughs) Good night. Thanks. (laughs)